For thousands of years, the fields of religion and philosophy have produced various frameworks for character with the hopes of positively influencing moral behavior. They knew that to be successful in developing character, they needed to describe character in detail. So I'm going to spend this podcast reviewing character frameworks from across time and around the world. Welcome to Integrators, a show about people and companies living out their greater purpose and the character it takes to make the journey. I'm Brent Fessler, and on today's show, we're going to look at whose character is right anyways. Since we come from all different types of backgrounds and cultures, is my character better than your character? Let's explore it today on Integrators. In the previous episode of Integrators, we explored all the areas of our life where we depend on character. Uh, Our free society depends on it, our companies, our markets, our, our closest relationships, and even our own personal freedom. All of those things depend on character. And, and most would agree that we all should try to have more character. You know, character is one of those things that you never arrive. I mean, do, do we ever get to that point where, oh, I've got enough character, I'm done, I don't have to develop it anymore? Or is it one of those areas where we can continually grow? That's important because we can all get sucked down that track of, oh, I'm a person of good character, I don't need to focus on this. You know, other people might need to. But that's really a trap because we can all grow and develop in our character really for our entire lives. And since so much of our life depends on character, it's something we should focus on. Like most things that are valuable, they don't just happen. We need to take our time and we need to devote energy and be intentional about developing our character and those around us. But before we try to develop character, we need to know, what is character exactly? Now, especially in our diverse society, people come from all over the world, from different cultures. Now, you probably describe character differently than I do, or the person that you're doing business with, or the person that you have relationships with. Is there a character definition that we should use when we develop our character or in those around us. Are our definitions really that different? You know, if we step back and look around, maybe all of our descriptions of character are more similar than not. For thousands of years, the fields of religion and philosophy have produced various frameworks for character with the hopes of positively influencing moral behavior. They knew that to be successful in developing character, they needed to describe character in detail. So I'm going to spend this podcast reviewing character frameworks from across time and around the world. Differences in our ideas of character, you know, those differences could keep us from trying to develop it, thinking that we disagree. However, I believe that there are enough similarities. Nuanced differences in character should not be an excuse to avoid developing character 
in ourselves or in our teams, those people that we lead. Benjamin Franklin, he agreed. And he said in his autobiography in, this will be my best Benjamin Franklin uh, impersonation. In the various enumerations of the moral virtues I had met with in my reading, I found the catalog more or less numerous as different writers included more or fewer ideas all under the same name. So similarly, I believe there is a character framework for humanity and I think it will resonate with you. Aristotle, Plato, and Socrates, they aimed for something that we call living well, or they call in Greek, eudaimonia. And they achieved that living well by living out virtues. And over the past few decades, virtue ethics has breathed new life into this 2,000-year-old framework. We'll talk ethical theories in another podcast. They're more interesting than you might think. But for now, let's just talk about this framework of virtue. Plato began with a very simple list of cardinal virtues, wisdom, justice, fortitude, and temperance. And Plato's student Aristotle, he expanded that list to 12. And his, his list of 12 is bravery in the face of fear, temperance in the face of pleasure or pain, generosity with wealth and possessions, magnificence with great wealth and possessions, magnanimity with great honors, proper ambition with normal honors, mildness or patience, truthfulness with self-expression, wittiness in conversation, friendliness in social conduct, modesty in the face of shame or shamelessness, and righteous indignation in face of injury. A lot of those words are familiar, but some of those words are not common today. But I think we'll find some threads of these and frameworks throughout history. But I wanna point out some threads in here that we're going to see in other frameworks, things such as truthfulness or generosity, friendliness, righteous indignation. Let's stay back in ancient history. And the Jewish Torah and the prophets provide a collection of 613 commandments. Now, it sounds like a lot, but it's still not as massive as the U.S. regulatory burden today. However, you know, the foundation of those 613, it lies in the Ten Commandments, which have many uh, behavioral directives, such as not lying or stealing or killing. Uh, but also, those Ten Commandments address motivation or what we might call effective instructions like jealousy and honor. Now, Jesus distills all 613 of those commandments into two, which he said, uh, the first being loving God, which is the heart of the Shema, contained in Deuteronomy 6, 5. And the second was also related to love, it was loving people. 
And the passage in Matthew 22 goes like this. A, a lawyer was talking to Jesus and he said, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, those three areas. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, Jesus said, is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That's so interesting. In effect, Jesus was saying that if you love God and love people, you will satisfy all 613 rules. <laughs> Talk about simplification. I love simplifying. But Jesus took 613 down to just two. And this is the idea behind virtue ethics, that a, a simple set of guiding values will produce all the good behaviors that an otherwise extensive set of rules is designed to produce. Since love is a very concise container for character, you can unpack it in 1 Corinthians 13 to create a more detailed framework. But briefly, that passage is one that many of us are familiar with. It says love is patient and kind, not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It seeks the truth, never gives up, endures through every circumstance, all these great things that we all hold dear. Now let's jump forward 1700 years to Benjamin Franklin. Now, as noted earlier, uh, ben Franklin, he researched a broad set of virtues from different cultures and times, and he came up with his own set of 13 virtues, which he felt captured what all those different sets and frameworks were, were talking about. And because Franklin was building his list to develop virtue in himself and others, he realized he needed a more detailed and refined set of traits rather than just a few broad traits. We will discuss his approach to developing character in a different post because it's, it's really interesting. But really uh, briefly here, his 13 traits are temperance, eat not to dullness, drink not to elevation. Silence, speak not but what may benefit others or yourself, avoid trifling conversation. <laughs> Order, let all your things have their places and let each part of your business have its time. Resolution, resolve, to perform what you ought, perform without fail what you resolve. Frugality, make no expense but to do good to other or yourself, waste nothing. Industry, lose no time, be always employed in something useful and cut off all unnecessary actions. Sincerity, use no hurtful deceit, think innocently and justly, and if you speak, speak accordingly. Justice, wrong no one by doing injuries, or omitting the benefits that are your duty. Moderation, avoid extremes and forbear resenting injuries so much as you think they deserve. Cleanliness, tolerate no uncleanliness in body, clothes, or habitation. Tranquility, be not disturbed at trifles or at accidents common or unavoidable. Chastity, this is one that Franklin gave himself low scores on. And then 
Lastly, humility. Imitate Jesus and Socrates. Those are the words of Ben Franklin and his framework of virtues that he sought to develop in himself and others. These are those things that we talked about in the last episode that Franklin felt were important in the people of America if we were to have and enjoy a free society. In other words, to transfer all of that outside control that they were trying to get away from into self-government or internal control, we needed a set of virtues that we could develop in ourselves, in our youth, in our society, so that we would be free from the inside out to do good. Without this, as we learned in the last episode, we really can't trust a free society. Now looking around the world at Eastern culture, just briefly, Confucianism holds to five central virtues. And those five virtues are benevolence, righteousness, wisdom, ritual, and good faith. Similarly, Taoism rests on five virtues of self-regulation, humanity, justice, propriety, and wisdom. Now, even though these frameworks are from uh, different times and different places all over this planet, you see that there are common threads in doing good to others, in truth, in compassion, in justice. Now today, when we look at contemporary frameworks for character, there's quite a few, they're varied all over the place. But are they all over the place? Just like if you are describing a mountain scene with a forest of trees, you might describe it one way and I might describe it a different way, but we're describing the same thing. We might use different words, but as we try to capture that same thing, we'll find similarities. And there's richness in looking at your description versus my description. These different perspectives are rich and, and deep in meaning and understanding how you see things differently than I see things. Now, contemporary frameworks for character, such as positive psychology or the United States Air Force Academy and the Search Institute and their 40 developmental assets, the number of those frameworks, they're on the rise and that indicates to me a growing interest in character. That's great. These frameworks, they vary in their categories or the buckets, the number of traits, and perhaps what they emphasize. And Dr. Mark Liston, in his dissertation, he surveys some of those most popular frameworks to create a common framework that he calls the character taxonomy. Now this one's interesting because his look through all these different frameworks, it really shows a lot of alignment and consistency, supporting the idea that all these ideas on character, they might actually be describing the same desired virtue for humanity because we are human, not because 
or Eastern or Western or because we are millennials or Generation Z or from some other generation, but simply because we are human. Dr. Liston discovered that compassion was the most common thread that came through frameworks old and new and around the world. But in his analysis, he came up with five buckets of integrity, discipline, insight, and social intelligence and transcendence. Under those things, he described more detailed traits under integrity, honesty, and humility. Under discipline, courage, which I look forward to talking about in a future podcast. Perseverance and self-control. Under insight, wisdom, and creativity. Under social intelligence, love, kindness, forgiveness, respect, cooperation. Under transcendence, spirituality and gratitude, optimism, joy, and peace. I see these things gathered under some really important elements of what character virtue is all about. There's a truth to it. There's integrity, but there's also an important element of our relationship with others. A character and virtue describes our relationship with others, with ourself, with creation and the environment, and importantly, our ability to step outside of ourselves, observe ourselves, and be critical of ourselves. Are we living up to the person that we want to be, that we know to be? Now, perhaps another test for this is how do you want to be treated? This was the golden rule as described, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is where I think we start to see that we are wired up for a certain type of virtue or a character. We're wired up to receive love. We're wired up to expect and hope for love. That doesn't mean that we always get it. And it especially doesn't mean that we always give love. In the same way that we're wired up to receive it, we're also born empty of it. And without intentional development of our character, Gravity just takes us to a place of selfishness. And during my time as the president of Hallmark University in San Antonio, creating a character development program was some of our most important work. But before we could create this program, we needed to agree and articulate what character meant to our organization. Wanting to become intentional about character, it's probably why all these frameworks that we've talked about so far exist. Now, if you are courageous to take this journey with your team or with your family, you'll need to do the same and articulate what character is to you. You may start with something elegant and simple like love, but whatever it is, identify what is most important invaluable. You know, you are creating a list of values after all. So ask yourself, what is most important? What is valuable? Ask these types of questions. What is most valuable on this planet? What's most valuable in my life? Is it people? Is it money? Is it fame? 
You might have more than one answer and that's fine, but identify what's most valuable. And then this next question, how do I invest or do I want to invest in what's most valuable? And how will I measure success at being good? What do I want my life or my company or my family to be remembered for when I'm gone? What's going to be on my tombstone? Review all of the examples that we talked about and look deeply in your heart. Reflect for where your conviction rests. Think about the type of character traits that you want to experience from others. And then start making a specific list that is both consistent with humanity and unique to your own organization. Creating your own character framework is foundational to becoming intentional about developing your own character and the character of those around you. Of course, if you want integrators to help, we'd be honored. Drop us a note, uh, get on our website at integrators.com or follow us on social media and, and direct message us. This type of review, it doesn't take too long, but it does take some focused time. In a future episode, we're going to explore different strategies for developing character in yourself and in your organization. And next time, we're going to look at some of the benefits that others have seen when they focus on character formation in themselves and in their companies. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on Whose Character is Right? And I look forward to being with you again soon. To help you develop character in your teams wherever you live, check out the resources on our website at integrators.com. That's I-N-T-E-G-R-E-A-T-E-R-S.com. Subscribe to our blog and this podcast and follow us on social media to stay up to date with free workshops coming your way. You can also schedule a time on our website for us to come work personally with your teams. Integrators is a production of Livingstone Studios. I'm Brent Fessler. Love God, love others, and build on purpose.